Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. And me, Tracy Roberts. Tracy. Now then. How's it going? All right. It's going really well. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. Excellent. It's been a funny old week so far. It has. It's hump day. Hump day. And we're getting over it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, strange old day. Uh, Lots of chat in the office. Um, Loads of subjects coming up that we... We've talked about, we're expanding on, we're sort of getting different viewpoints and things like that. One of which, one of which was gaslighting. Yeah. Which was an interesting concept because there was a hell of a lot of people who've heard of it, but not a lot of people knew ex- knew what it was. I mean, yeah. that was, I mean, when we start explaining, I mean, we'll explain it, we'll, we'll explore yeah, it, really we'll explore it now. Um, but it was really interesting where where people sort of went, oh yeah, I've heard of gaslighting. Yeah. What is it? Referred to as yeah. some other things previously, and they maybe had an experience, but didn't really realise that's what it was. Sort of yeah. Thing, so. Or somebody's somebody's mentioned it, and and it's not been in the right context, or we've we've not got the right cover, or whatever. So yeah. So so yeah. So what we're going to do today for this podcast is we're going to sort of explore gaslighting a little bit uh, we're going to bounce it around a little bit because i mean we've done we've done podcasts and pathways about the microaggressions we've done it about well, we've done it about all sorts of things yeah. um but when we start talking about um psychological aggression psychological safety um abuse yeah which is not a nice word it no matter what context you use it in. So we've got it all in there so um so let's 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 just familiarize familiarize ourselves with gaslighting, so of, of um, uh, well, what is it? What is gaslighting? Do you do you have you got a one, or, or do you want me to go for mine? Or you can go for yours. Yeah. Okay. I well, know, if you spin on what I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, for 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 my money, um, it's it's a communication technique in which someone causes you to question your own version of events. Um, it's um, psychological manipulation. It's yeah. people being um, manipulated in such a way that they do not trust their own thought process or memories. Yeah, the truth isn't there anymore. They kind of second-guess themselves all the time. Um, And, yeah, it leads to a lot of lack of trust and insecurity, really, is quite a good word for that, isn't it? Um, And and that causes its own problems, doesn't it, in the workplace and in personal life too? That's a really good point you make, actually, because um, gaslighting isn't a work-only thing. And it's not a home only thing. It's one of those things that exists wherever people are, really. Oh, yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's it's really interesting in the sense that um, the context might change, but the actual actions are more or less the same. I don't think we'd ever associate the word abuse generally previously with work, would we? We would no. definitely wouldn't think of it that way. We'd think of it as banter or a problem at work. We wouldn't associate that word and we would associate the word abuse with gaslighting mm. and that's maybe why that context comes back from a personal situation or something that's happened to you in your outside life so to mm. speak or a relationship or something similar but you might not put it in the context of a workplace um initially but as you say it can happen everywhere and actually mm. quite prevalent in a work environment isn't it mm. yeah well yes it is and 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 i think that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast because 
if you don't mind me saying, you've experienced this in the professional in your professional yeah. life, and I've experienced in my mm-hmm. personal life. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we're, so it's 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 uh, as much as we're talking about this, we're talking about this from a from a, an experienced perspective. Hundred percent. Yeah. So um, when we start talking about abuse, when we start talking about psychological aggression, uh, manipulation, psychological safety, things like that. It's really interesting to, rather than start with the person who is instigating it, let's think about the effects of it. So we've, we've, we've sort of thought about what it, what it is, but what effect does it have on people? Because, <coughs> there are, bless you, when you get to my age, love, <laughs> when, you get to, <laughs> when you get to my age, you do tend to start forgetting things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it happens, and whether it's age, age or... or whatever way you want to dress it up but you do get to start forgetting things and there are times when um my wife at home and my boss at work have turned around and said have you done that thing spence and i've like what do you know yeah oh yeah i've totally forgot all about that walk in a room and think yeah here or, or you think you you think yourself you've done something and they're like no you haven't and you, yeah you know what i could have sworn i did that yeah that's normal isn't it yeah. That's normal. It's normal to forget things. It's normal to sometimes be a bit distracted so your memory of things is slightly skewed. But this yeah. is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely sort of the opposite side of it, isn't it? It's being incited for that reason. Someone wants you to feel that way. They want you to question yourself and your truth, which is how you feel. Um, and it can give you a really warped sense of who you are sometimes. And make you feel really bad about situations as well. So, like, from a personal perspective, have you upset that person? Have you met their expectations? But have you dropped the ball? If you're someone who's really, you know, very work-focused, the fact that you've dropped the ball will lead to days, weeks, months, even, if you're feeling terrible about that situation, despite the fact it might not have actually been you that had the problem. Yes. And it's and again, it's, I mean, we, we do sort of consider that uh, gaslighting, can be uh, conscious or unconscious, yeah. um, but we really—it's the conscious thing that is prevalent, isn't it? Yeah. It's that it's a manipulation for a purpose. Yeah. It's to make you feel unsettled. It's to make you exert power, dominance. Yeah. Can we can we use the word dominance? I think that's a good word because I think that there will be a degree of what level of dominance is there, won't there? Because some people will do it knowing they're gaslighting, mm-hmm. but not with the far extent of the spectrum of the outcome. So they might not, ex- you know, expect that to affect you when you leave work or, yeah. you know, a week later, they might just do it in the moment and not yeah. realise that bigger. But it is dominance whatever way you mm. look at it because it's trying to, you know, make that person second-guess himself, like you said. So, yeah. yeah. It's con- control. I mean, uh, it's, it's not exclusively used by um, n- narcissists. But it is one weapon in the narcissist's armory, and yeah. it's that exerting a control. It's like for when we, for my mental picture for me, I'm sorry, I'm going all Columbo then, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah. But for mental picture for me is the um, plaything. Yes. Uh, the it's the the emperor in the Colosseum. I can play with you. I shall give you life yes. or death or or whatever. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, my will. Yes. My will, I shall. Because again, when we start talking about uh, gaslighting, <clears throat> they generally don't take you to the point of breakdown. No, because that's um, part of the, the that, smartness. Yes, of it, really. the cleverness. Because they'll take, yeah. they'll be able to see 
the narcissist or the abuser or call them what you will, the person who is gaslighting will be able to see when you're sort of reaching the end of your tether. And they're really clever. They'll really back a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretend to be your friend. Yeah. And in, in a lot of cases with a situation like this, very, very similar to narcissistic tendencies. Mm. So they'll create that dependency side of things and isolate you from other people. So mm. they'll give you maybe a distorted version of what other people think of you or yeah. how you're observed in that environment so that you go into a room or a space conscious of that and you think this you know these people are assessing me there's there's already a problem and there might be no problem at all but that person's created that picture and then later they might take you to one side and say you know how were you feeling in there were you did you feel the tension i felt the tension and creating that kind of narrative where you know even if no one else is in the picture you feel like they're in the picture yeah. um, and that's quite a lonely place for people isn't it because it certainly is you, you can't distinguish the truth from from what a lie is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and again with the, this 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 abuser um gaslighter narcissist call them what you will whichever whichever one you've got they've got the capacity to be quite charismatic and yeah. and um charming if you like yeah. so you can sometimes read and I, I reflect back on, on on my particular um situation that i used to be in You'd look at this person and think to yourself, "Well, why would they lie to me? Yeah. They've got, they've, they've got yeah. no. There's no reason why this person. There's nothing to gain from this. Yeah. So why would they lie? To, so you, so you almost talk yourself into believing what they're saying, because yeah. the alternative just doesn't make sense. Why would somebody be like this? Yeah, and that's from an emotive perspective. So yeah. say that's someone that you are close to, or family, friend, mm. or frenemy, if you want to call them that, <laughs> yeah. in this yeah. circumstance. If you're talking about you know, a working environment, as an example, the main way that you might spin that is that you're looking at the person above you thinking, well, as a leader, why would you want to make me feel bad about myself? Mm. So it can't be true. You can't be doing that on purpose because your job as a leader is to is to lead me, is to help me grow and make me feel amazing and become a better version of myself. So again, similar situation, you're looking at that person thinking, you wouldn't possibly do that to me because the reality is you need me to be in my best self. So, you know, why would you sort of thing? And that takes it all the way back to what you were saying earlier on about being unstable, insecure, yeah. as in, well, why? Questions. I'm just. Yeah. Un- I'm not. I'm not familiar. Why would this happen? I'm, yeah. I'm not comfortable here because it doesn't make sense. And then you're not in best self. So mm. again, it's it's a little bit like chipping away at something, isn't it? It's mm. you know, it's one layer at a time. You know, what can you remove from that person, particularly from their personality or their confidence, to the point that they end up at the far end of the spectrum where. You know, we were talking about it earlier about really suffering from imposter syndrome. We've all got a little bit of that in us. I think it can be ignited at any point. But, you know, within this kind of sphere of what we're talking about here, that could really hit the far end of the spectrum. And as someone who's kind of experienced that, I can tell you that it gets quite far down the line, just like you were saying, to the point where that person knows you're just about to break. And then it's not till you step out of the situation that you go, you know, that was that was pretty bad. I was second guessing everything that I ever stood for, you know, how good I was at my job, how good a parent I was, you know, how mm-hmm. nice a person I am. I mean, how how horrible is that to question yourself yeah. as a human being? That, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, that's quite, quite deep stuff, isn't it, really? It is. And it all coming from basically somebody at work who's has got a different agenda to you. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. That's we a nice could way be, to put it. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit diplomatic. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, with the, the swearing bit is after this. We'll, we'll yeah, do this okay. podcast we'll do the and then we'll do the swearing yeah, bit afterwards. Okay. But yeah, 
it, it's this is the thing is because um, when we start considering when we start considering ourselves when we start thinking about the people who we choose to be with friends and things like this we've, we've said it before we tend to choose people who are like us yeah. and we like those people and we trust those people because they remind us of us and we wouldn't do those things so that's why we have these friends mm -hmm. so you look at these don't get me wrong they're not exactly the same are they? but they've all no. got the little foibles yeah. but the thing is you your friends you the people you choose to be you with values. yeah your values ethics you you yeah. you, you can yeah. see you some of yours in them and that's why you trust them however when you start coming to to work or or you well, we'll leave it in the work scenario or work context is you come to work and somebody starts doing this to you it can it well it can make you question as you said it can make you question well i wouldn't do that so why are they doing it yeah and i must be you internalize poor. it a lot yeah yeah, yeah. i must yeah. be a, a poor worker employee well parent as you said person because they're saying that and if well if they're saying that it must be true yeah and, and, and that's that's the purpose that's what the press is trying to do and in most yeah. cases i should imagine i mean it'd be interesting to see what what the research says but i should imagine that a lot of people who are falling victim to this sort of scenario it's actually the opposite end of the spectrum a lot of people see it as a threat um as someone who you know could potentially be better at them at something um you know it might just be that you know your your style is different to theirs and they see you know how much you're standing out compared to other people within a role and they have their own agenda like you say and they want it so they'll make you second guess your abilities and yourself as a person but the reality is it's actually jealousy sometimes and it's actually you know trying to put a blocker up in front of you to make themselves look better um, and quite often <laughs> as the case may be you know you won't see that coming um, I, I always remember somebody telling me when I was a kid when you ever walk into a new scenario, the first person that comes up to you and tries to be your friend, be a bit wary because they're trying to size you up. Mm. <laughs> and they might not actually be your friend. They might be your friend and me, as I said earlier. Yeah. And quite often that can be the case. People see a new person coming into a workplace or, you know, a social environment and they want to know a little bit about you. They're a bit wary of you. Yeah. They want to weigh you up, see if you share the same values, see what you add to the group mm. um, and decide whether or not they like that or not. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether they want to share their friends with you, whether they want you to, you know, have conversations in the office, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of people that are in this box of, of creating gaslighting like silo behavior, don't they? They like yeah. people to be pulled apart, not to be working in a collaborative manner and actually find a little bit of a threat from that, if mm -hmm. anything, because the conversations go on and then they might get found out. So mm -hmm. they drive that wedge a little bit further in. Mm. To, to and, make sure it's not cohesive and again uh, that's that's the that's that uh, divide and conquer mentality divide and conquer is yeah. um uh, it's, it's a it's a classic uh trait of the narcissist uh where they've got different groups and they keep those groups separate and then they'll go to one group and they'll start saying something talking behind the other groups but they said this and they said that and they think this and this and then they'll move off to the other one and they keep those groups separate and it's that form of control isn't it it's that form of right i know what's going on i'm the only one who knows what's going on in each group because i've started what's going on in each and, and you know what I, I think a great majority <clears throat> of you are the gaslighter um do know what they're doing it is conscious mm. the ones that are not conscious it's it's almost like that's their personality mm. they like siloed actions they like to have their own friends that they sit with at lunch they like to have their own friends to do that part of work with mm. 
and they don't realise what they're creating sometimes. And what it does is starts a lot of ripples off, doesn't it? You know, it's one conversation leads to their their opinion of someone else. So the way I explained it this morning in the office when we're talking about it is, you know, you all sat in the office, one person leaves, then that person that particular day has maybe triggered one of the guys in the office so they make a throwaway comment, they wait for the response and when they pick up on the response, then they start the gaslighting because in that particular moment they feel so strongly about it. Now tomorrow that person might not feel the same way, but it's then started that, oh I'm gonna that person does leave the lights on all the time. I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna, and then they tell someone else and then it really does start a huge big chain of events. And before yeah. you know it, this person is walking in the office feeling that tension. Mm. Um, and it all started from that one small comment from that person because it's just their way. It's just, you know, they're just yeah. the nature to complain. And and, and, what, and and what do you think, what do you think created that nature? I mean, are they a product of their environment? Is it something that, that, it, that, that they have experienced in the past? I think you're right. I think a lot of, you know, that sort of thing comes from past experiences. I, I said to you earlier, didn't I, that I had one particular person that I work with in a company actually point out to me that some of my reactions to things seemed like I was fight or flight because what I'd experienced previously was almost like, you know, having a form of abuse. I wasn't able to to fully relax and trust what was being said in the environment I was in. Mm. So I was finding it very, very difficult and it literally become commonplace. So I could have literally led how I was led and came to another business and kind of done the same thing. Mm. But I think subconsciously I, I realised how badly it affected me. So actually went the opposite way. It's a bit like when you're a kid, isn't it? You know, if you have tough love, sometimes you're a tough love parent when you, mm. you know, when you have your own children. Other times you go the opposite way and you go, well, that didn't feel right to me. Mm. So I actually want to have that right balance with my children. Um, I think I'm sort of in that camp there. You know, I had a lot of tough love bringing up, but I'm the complete opposite with my child. And I think yeah. it's similar. You kind of pick up on those tendencies, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. You recognise what serves you well and what doesn't serve you well. Yeah. And and this, this I mean, we, if, we're, if we're talking about not necessarily how to spot a gaslighter, but um, what sort of thing, what sort of people they are. I mean, we've already said that they are influential, whether they are actually holding a a position of influence or whether they are an on-the-ground influencer, they are influential in some way. Um, Usually charming, charismatic, not necessarily Terry Thomas, bounder (laughs) sort of. Somebody you spot, he's a bounder. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, but, you you know, sort of very um, socially skilled shall we say um because it, yeah. yeah they're not sort of sat in a chair stroking a cat like a bond villain <laughs> no, but, bond. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so they're not pantomime villain but they're, yeah. they're not obviously if that was the case then they'd be easy to spot on you yeah. yeah um but oh, these are very right. very um very uh, socially skilled or to externally anyway um but maybe as a product of the fact that they were they were in a situation whether it's personal or professional, uh, and the only way there is, it's like kids and dogs. Whatever behaviour, if you give them attention, they'll repeat that behaviour, won't they? Yeah. So you're supposed to ignore bad behaviour and, and make a fuss of them when they do good yeah. behaviour. Yeah. And that's how you replicate the behaviour you want to replicate. If they start chewing your dressing gown cords or whatever, you're supposed to ignore it and they go, well, I'm not getting any attention. If you jump up and down going, bad dog, blah, blah, they don't understand that. It's just attention to them. Yeah, cool. So when we start talking about the person who's gaslighting, 
it may be a learned behaviour that it might not, they think it served them well, it gave them this thing, but, but actually it's not necessarily serving them well. Yeah, definitely. It depends what kind of position they're in as well. Yeah. So like some, some gaslighters are not in that senior role, they're actually the under the radar gaslighters. They're the ones, like you say, they're socially skilled, mm. maybe not externally in the office or whatever, they're maybe just people who, you know, are the centre of attention on a night out, maybe life and soul the party in the lunch canteen, whatever it might be. And they because they have contact with that many people, that's how they can affect it. Mm. So that that that's almost a little bit more difficult to kind of control because of the social, you know, advantage they have there. In leadership, it's normal, as you said, as a consequence of what they've experienced. Um, and that's a bit tougher because ultimately it's how you manage upwards with a situation, like mm. how you call it out and feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, and that can be tough. Really that's tough. just made me think of something. That's just well, made me think of something then. Question I've got to ask you. We've already, we've just been talking about what makes up the gaslighter. Yes. What's how, <laughs> what the gaslighter is like. What about the gaslighter? The person who's at the receiving end of this. Now, just as you said something then, it just pinged in my head. What sort of people do you think are susceptible to this? And there's a reason why I'm asking you this, because there's a following question specifically for you. Oh, it's following our conversation earlier. Well, I, th I think it's two ends of the spectrum here. I think, again, if we go back to that, that initial conversation, I think some mm. of it comes from threat and jealousy. Mm. So I think those that come in, to a workplace as an example, or someone in a social circle that's coming in and they're quite social, they're quite confident, they've got charisma themselves, and actually taking the limelight off potentially this person who is going to do this to them. Mm. I think there's a risk there. But also on the opposite end of the scale, someone who's quiet and insular, mm. and maybe someone who's more analytical and keeps themselves to themselves, mm. you know, they, they can be quite susceptible because they'd be less likely to question things. Yeah. So I think it kind of it's almost like there's a huge ground sway there of, of opportunity, isn't mm. there? But I think it depends on what environment you're in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could come from threats or, mm. or you know, something similar, or it could just be a vulnerable victim, someone who's just sat there, just, you know, slim pickings, just, you'll be perfect for me just to control and, and you know, get the right things I want from you, basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't sort of sit down and say, uh, watch out amiable people, all you amiable yeah. people out there. Lock your, lock your office door, pull the blinds and be suspicious of everybody who's nice to you. Yes, do a test on <laughs> or, not, or not so nice to you, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, I mean, it's, it, it would be easy to sort of turn around and say you're quiet, reserved, um, amiable people who, who may not be social butterflies, they may mm. be uh, sort of introverted, they may be um, an easy target. Maybe not, but the, the reason why I asked you was because, uh, as you said, in a professional sense, you've been at the receiving end of this. Mm. And with, as we know, your unconscious motivator suggests that you're not backwards in coming forwards and you'll say <laughs> what needs to be said. I definitely do. Yes, yeah. um, but you didn't. I think initially I didn't really see the patterns. Mm. And then when I started to see the patterns and understand it and call it out, I think the problem I had in the environment I was in was that it was someone above me doing it. Mm. And uh, and it, it wasn't just to me, it was to other people in the organisation as well. Um, and as I was saying earlier, managing it upwards can be tougher because that person is always going to pull rank on you, you know, regardless. And they're going to tell you you're wrong all the time. Um, so, you know, I kind of went from being fairly confident in saying, excuse me, can I just interject here because I'm not, I, I, you definitely did not tell me that because mm. it, I am 
and eight, as you know, yeah. everything's organised. Yeah. I've got an answer for everything. Mm. And everything that, that goes in this book is what you told me to do. It's not in this book. To, well, you must have been not paying attention that day, you know. And it, a pattern formed, and then it got to a meeting where you'd be called out in a meeting about it. Mm. And, it and it got to a point where it, you were just banging your head against a brick wall. But it wasn't just me, it was other members of the team. Mm. And then it then sprouted out into, like, siloed behaviour which that person enjoyed then because he could then control you all individually. Mm. And as your brains are not joined up, you're mm. not discussing all the patterns, yeah. you're not seeing it for what it is particularly. And actually what you can do then is, as the person doing it, is you can play everyone off against each other as well. So you don't feel in a position of, even as a confident person like me, I felt, well, what's the point? Mm. Nobody's going to listen to me. They're just mm. going to think I've got so many plates spinning that I'm dropping them all. Yeah. And I'm not someone who drops plates very often. No. So, it, yeah, it can be really frustrating. Um, and it takes for you to form an alliance for almost for people to realise what's going on and mm. call it out. And there's a lot of things you can do. You know, you can... The first mistake I made was not documenting things, mm. not talking to the right people. Yeah. Um, being more firm about my truth, mm. you know, because yeah. as I said, I might say, well, I definitely didn't write that down, but mm. if I could repeat back things that were said to me and, yeah. and quote them that I might have had. That's really powerful, that being, what do you say, confident in your truth? Yeah, confident in your truth. So knowing, <clears throat> you know, A, your narrative, so like what you stand for. So I know you're sort of saying, well, you're an A, you know, I know that yeah. there's very, very few times I will drop the ball. So mm. actually I know that I'm the sort of person who listens and I pay attention. And I'm also very conscious when, I'm triggered or when I'm having a bad day mm. or when I need some peace. I said to you earlier, didn't I? I'm just going to go outside and do some work. Yeah. Just a bit of peace. So I will always communicate that with everyone. So I'm very confident in what I will or won't do. Mm. So I think if you know that and they know your patterns and they know you know your patterns, it's harder for them to call you out and tell yeah. you you're always making mistakes. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to document things. So if yeah. you think there's a pattern emerging, document it really well because mm. actually then you can sit down and analyze that a bit and go is it me mm. am i you know every second tuesday having a brain fart and i'm mm. forgetting things or actually is it that this person is talking a whole lot of twaddle mm. i've had people actually use dictaphones in meetings just so that they can go back and say mm. there you go yeah you didn't tell me that and yeah. actually we always talk about managing expectations this particular individual that i used to you know have this problem with used to quick fire Seagull management you on a Friday. So we'd catch you at three o'clock on a Friday, mm. drop a whole load of robins yeah. on you, and it would be a list of 30 things that you knew you could not achieve before Monday morning. Mm. And I wasn't strong enough at that point in my career to go, are you having a laugh? I'm only going to get four of those done. Mm. And I will still be working all weekend because I'm diligent. Mm. Um, so I think actually managing the expectations before you get to that blame culture, that yeah. would also be quite useful, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, and then checking in with yourself mm. about your reality. You know, mm. you've got to remember you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's awesome in their own way. Mm -hmm. So if there's something you think can help that situation, then look into it. Can, mm. can you be more organized? Can you know, are there things that you could actually do to protect yourself a little bit better yeah. and not leave yourself wide open? Mm. But also have that check-in about I used to do this thing on a Friday called Win of the Week. So right. I used to sit there, even if I had a rubbish week. After the seagull management meeting, I'm going to refer to it as that. Yeah. And the only way I could pass the next week was to sit and write down everything I've achieved that week and what I'd done well in. And I picked two or three things out that I was dead proud of. Yeah. And even if it was, I didn't kill anyone. One of those things was <laughs> on there. I would read that and think, right, I'm ending my week on a high. I'm now going to manage my expectations for next week. And then again, psychologically, you can 
you can drag it back a bit yeah, more, can't you? Yeah, so yeah. there's there's lots of ways you can do it, and I'm yeah, gonna, I think being real is one of them. Yes, I think I think you're right. I mean, um, we I think the top tip. The top tip for uh, any stage, I mean, we're coming to the end of the podcast now, unfortunately, Probably but, we can, always, start, but we, can, we can always bounce another one out later. <laughs> uh, but always the top tip is be authentic. Um, we, we, I've, been, I've read things where people are sort of saying, you need to call them out, you need to call this gaslighter out. Well, you know what? There's people out there who would rather put their hand in a blender. Don't do that, kids, by the way. Um, but there was pe- there's people out there that would oh, rather yeah. do anything than call people out, confrontation, Absolutely. conflict, things like that. And it doesn't uh, always end well anyway. No, no, no. So you've got to be authentic. So when we say, firstly, be authentic, be true to yourself, um, you, uh, you're right with documenting, recording evidence. I really get that and I appreciate that. Um, what I also think about that is also, um, well, I suppose the second one for me is be direct. But if you can't be direct, be indirect. Yeah. So what I mean by yeah. this is, if it's a boss, if it's somebody in, in charge of you who's doing this, talk to your co-workers. Yes. If it's one of your co-workers that's doing it, talk to your boss. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. that way, you, as you were saying, you were talk, talking about collaborating and talk to people and making those connections. Get an independent witness. So if somebody turns around and goes, you didn't do this, actually, he did, because I was there when I saw, I saw it. Or put them on blind CC. BCC, yeah. so that if they say you never sent that email, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. He got a copy at the same time. Um, talking to colleagues you trust, it may not be just you being treated like this when he's got all these segments, you know. Um, evidence, bring it to the meetings with the bosses and things like that. But it's it, that is basically establishing a process with an independent. Be honest with yourself. Be true to yourself. Any last words when we've got? I would say 30 just seconds. be ahead of the curve. Like yeah. if you if you sense this is happening, yeah, you know. Deal with it. Yeah. Don't let it roll on. And ultimately, like you said, be true to yourself, but deal with it because it, it will eat you. And ultimately, it will then lead to you know you second guessing yourself and and potentially could stop you getting promotions and all sorts. So you know it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. And they're not worth it. Then thank you very much. <laughs> on that final thought, Tracy. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. (laughs) Uh, That's the end of the podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of the T2 Hubcast.